Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Oh, yeah, here it is, Tuesday in the world of the Chairshot Radio Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Patrick O'Dowd. I am joined by my good friend, hockey aficionado David Ungar, as we present to you Hockey Talk here on Chairshot Radio, part of the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Thank you very much, Christopher Platten. Here's the deal today, everyone. We are going to talk. We are recording on Saturday, as we always do. Kayfabe Tuesday, as Dave and I like to joke. Uh, but today is the day of the NHL All-Star Game. So the, uh, are the All-Star festivities, uh, the little mini tournament is today, because we're recording here on Saturday. Dave and I are going to spend our show talking about the skills challenge that happened the day before aired on ESPN. I watched it from beginning to end and Dave, I, I believe I talked you into uh, skirting some homework for a little bit and put it on in the background or something. Is, is that, And how are you today? How are you this fine kayfabe Tuesday? I, I'm pretty well. I'm getting ready to send you my uh, sci-fi fantasy top 10 of the 2000s list so you can tear it apart in my absence tomorrow one of my rare absences from bandwagon nerds but yes no, it's deal. you did uh you did I, I really i'd forgotten the skills challenge was going on and then you started texting me and i'm like oh all right i gotta put this on the back burner and go and actually uh go and actually watch this because this was uh it was fun yeah i gotta i gotta say we'll get into it a little bit more after the commercial break uh we'll talk about the winners uh, of the different competitions I liked some of the 
kind of unique new skills challenges. I don't even know if they're new or if they just did it because it was in Vegas. One of them they definitely did because it was in Vegas, the uh, the 21 challenge. But the the skills test, the, the skills competition they did on the Bellagio Fountain Pond, and we're going to talk about it more like in detail in a second, but that was cool. I thought that was really, really cool. It's always, it's almost as much fun as the all-star game itself. I think in terms of sports, that that the skills competition at, at the NHL all-star game rivals anything that any other professional sport can do. Maybe football would be the only one that would come close and sort of just the, I think the variety of things you can do. And so. Yeah. I mean, they all did this football. The pro bowl, the pro bowl has, uh, I have something similar like that. Yeah. Like where they'll have quarterbacks, like in their t-shirts and shorts, throwing at targets. And I don't even know, maybe it's not associated with the pro bowl, but I've definitely seen like those skills challenge sort of deals with professional football players. So yeah, I remember back in the old, old days, they had like the NFL superstars challenge. And that was like where they had the fastest man competition and that sort of thing. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, like the NHL's is great. You know, it, it's NBA does their three-point shooting and their slam dunk, and baseball, of course, has a home run derby. But yeah, NHL is probably the most diverse of any of them that I've seen. Sure. And so when we come back from our first commercial break, we're going to talk all about it because I I have some thoughts. I also want to talk a little bit about ESPN's production of the of the skills competition because I have I have some issues. Um, because, of course, I am the curmudgeon. Uh, and then we're going to talk about what I have in common with Paul Coffey. All of that is coming uh, when we get on the other side of the commercial break. You are listening to Hockey Talk on ChairShot Radio, part of the ChairShot Radio Network here on thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks. PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemon. You can get 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net. And they played that music yesterday as part of their intros in back from commercial uh, for the NHL skills challenge. So this show started at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, went till about 10 o'clock because we had a late NBA game that we needed to get on and let us all bow before our National Basketball Association overlords. Let's make sure we get that Dallas Mavericks game in that everybody was hoping for. It was delayed by 45 minutes because of the rim was. Was, because was of crooked, crooked yeah. rim. that was uh that was a fun story not that it mattered but before we get into kind of the winners and losers in, and we'll take a little break about halfway through i want to finish our i want to end our conversation today talking about the breakaway challenge because i think that was that was the most fun uh and it's always one of those highlights and, and totally worth uh worth watching though as as you'll hear later um, I'm going to use a, a popular PC Tunney saying for for the result of, of that of said uh, of said competition. But 
ESPN this is the first year back covering hockey, and they got they got to cover the skills challenge. ABC slash ESPN is covering the game itself, and I would say, Dave, that there were some, let's just say, rust on the coverage on the part of ESPN. And I, I texted it to you right away. So this thing starts at 7.30. The skills competition piece of it itself actually didn't start until 8 o'clock. And they, they, they immediately do this drone shot into the arena that if you, like, maybe it looked cool to other people. To me, it gave me vertigo. Because of the way the camera was like moving through the ice and kind of going around circles, I got a little dizzy and it was rough. And they used it a second time during the Bellagio competition uh, where they were, uh, where they flew it around and in at one point. And the signal got lost and it actually made like a really choppy. I don't know if it happened on your on your feed, but it made it really choppy for a second. So bad that they cut away from it because it just wasn't working. This was the but, dr- the drone coverage? Yeah, the yeah. drone camera footage just didn't. I, I didn't think it worked well at all. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was a noble experiment, but it just, uh, uh, unlike in the NFL where they've got the I don't know remember what it is, but the camera that's on the zip line, yeah, the sky cam or whatever it is, the sky cam yeah. thing that worked really well. Drone camera did not to me. It was too fast. I guess is what I would say. Like if you, if you, if you have issues with like motion like sensitivity you like that was that was tough yeah and then you know and drone coverage is still kind of drone technology is still an emerging technology so not everybody gets it right and it it can be uh fickle in the words of brian danielson right it was just very disorienting and then they had all kinds of audio issues throughout the like I, i can't remember the name of the woman who was doing the interviews uh but she couldn't hear when like Steve Levy and Chelios and Messier were like sending it down from their throne room where they were, where they were sitting about watching the competition from above John Bouchagras and uh, his, his partner, they were the ones that had like the hookup to talk to the players while they're on the ice. And there was all kinds of audio with that where they, like the players could, couldn't really hear them. They could hear them, but when they would reply, you could barely hear them them as part of the audience so i remember in particular with uh with the save streak challenge uh and they had the, the guy from the wild and i can't remember the goalie's name but he was the mic'd up guy and they're like okay what's your strategy are you gonna do some poke checking and he was like ah, and later they kind of upped the volume to, to get you to where you were like oh it's he's like no that's not really cool to do on a, on a breakaway challenge you don't want to get somebody hurt at the all-star game skills challenge and then of course he poke checked somebody uh during that competition when they got in too close but, but he was like he they, they were in the crease whatever um but it was just it was it was it was rough it was rough now it didn't take away too much from my enjoyment but you could feel the growing pains i, I mean you know i, I think it, it's to be expected in with everything that's gone on in the world and espn just getting back here and then you introduce some uh, some newer technology that they don't do a whole lot of because hey this is cool the kids are all doing this let's try it out and yeah you have a few issues here and there and eh, you know what what i saw by the time i came in they obviously had it ironed out cuz i came in for the breakaway challenge and i mean i caught the very end of the slap shot thing um but yeah the stuff i right. saw was was pretty smooth 
And and yeah, I mean, I'll, I will say this. You made the text to me yesterday that they should just move the All-Star game to Vegas permanently because it's the presentation is is really, really awesome. Right. They did some really cool things. They had these two challenges that were unique and new to the All-Star game this year that were awesome. The the 21 game was kind of fun and it was funny because I was like, why don't they replace the accuracy challenge with, with this? Because it was basically an accuracy challenge. But the difference is, is that there's no timer. So those guys were able to like line it up, take their time and, and, and knock it down. And so for those of you who didn't watch what that, what they did for this 21 is they had a, a wall up on the strip. They shut down the strip for this, uh, and put up this wall, and it was a deck of cards, a complete deck of playing cards, and they had to shoot the puck. Every every competitor had to shoot the puck at two cards to start and get as close as they could to 21. And anybody who got blackjack, uh, and I think it was going to be the top four, could stay. Uh, and anybody who didn't get blackjack had to try and shoot to, shoot to 21 or uh, until they either hit 21 or bust. And everybody gets through to the first round. Then they start doing it again um, to see, like, to kind of whittle down competitors. Eventually, the final then became who can hit the highest card. And as a card gets taken off the board, it doesn't come back. So then there's blank spaces. And if you hit a blank space, it doesn't count. And uh, I got the name of who won that competition escapes me because uh, I'm trying to find. Uh, was it Pavelski? Yes, it was Pavelski. And and, I mean, dude, I I think that was I think at one point I texted you. These guys are ridiculous. And it was when Pavelski was calling his shot. He was like, oh, that queen looks good over there. Bunk and knocks it down. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, Um, yeah, I mean, it was it it was just like you're saying that the guy the guys are tremendously accurate and, and i mean yeah sure the cards are big but still they're shooting it from a good what 20 30 feet away from the uh from the cards itself and 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 some of them are pretty highly elevated so uh yeah you, you know you cannot say enough about that aspect of the challenge which was i mean it, it, and it right. fit in with the whole vegas theme so well that yeah I, but like yeah. you said, yeah, shut down the strip on a Friday night for at least a little while. Yeah, um, man. That's right. Big. For, for that and, and for the fountain face off challenge that Wierenski won, uh, Pavelski, you know, wins, won the, won the 21 and 22. And then um, I'm going to forget his, uh, his first name because I'm cheating and looking at headlines. But um, Wierenski wins the, the fountain face off. Zach. Yeah. Hedman won the slap shot. Right. So let's uh, let's let's kind of go through it. So the first the first competition that they lay out was the fastest skate, which everybody was excited for. Connor McDavid had gotten unseated last year uh, and people were like, is he going to come back and regain his crown? They, he didn't. Jordan Cairo of the St. Louis Blues won it with a, a 13 five and change. I, I can't remember. They took it to like the fourth decimal point. It was like my nerd review scores uh, out of five. Like they just kept going down. But he he won it with a 13-5. Here was the thing, and you didn't see this. Nobody skated that loop clean at all. Like it was like people tripped, got held up on, on the rounds. I don't know if the ice were choppy. Uh, Tunny, that was one of the few times he replied to me on, on the Twitter feed is that um, 
why why put your stick down? And I didn't go and look in the rules to see if you had to have your stick down at some point. Because he was like, you know, when you put your stick down on the ice, you're you're causing drag and slowing yourself down a little bit. Uh, God damn but, it, Clay, they are not Olympic speed skaters. <laughs> you know, Jesus. Well, and, and that was the thing that was crazy is we, when Connor McDavid did his run, and he was fourth, I think he finished like fourth. He was, um, he it was just a really wide turn. Like that was what I noticed is when people were doing the turns around the circles, they kept going really wide uh, of everything. And it, and it really, it slowed a lot of guys down. Uh, yeah. Cairo had a 13, five, five was, was the fastest. And Connor McDavid, I, I don't think anybody would argue. He had a, he had a bad run, but I would, I would still say you're not going to, you're not going to catch in a, in a straight line race, blue line to blue line. That's that's going to go to Connor McDavid almost every time. Probably, yeah. I mean, I, it was cool that like Kyrou won that. And, Dylan, uh, Dylan Larkin was also in there too. Yeah, I know um, Kuznetsov was in there. He wasn't very fast, but I don't think he's a very fast skater to begin with. But I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's great that that Kyrou, a relatively new name to to the league, and and you know to. To get a win like that over somebody as established as Connor McDavid, even though he says as a, he's still young, but he's well established now. So yeah, that was um that was so cool. I, yeah, did, but, I did lie lie. Connor McDavid was sixteen or thirteen six nine, so he was a little faster, and I gave him credit for it. I'm but sure, still, I'm sure he'll forgive you. Oh, I hope so. I'm a little worried. So, but yeah, so let's hear it for the Blues. That was the lone Blue who competed in anything yesterday. The the next event was won by Jack Campbell of the Maple Leafs and Andre Vasilevsky of Tampa Bay, and that was the Save Street competition. And that was really really interesting to watch because you they're, they're, basically the two goalies representing the division they're a team, and another division goes and they take their shots at them, and it's nine nine shooters, and it's finished by the captain, and the captain. If the goalie who faces the captain makes the save, then the streak can continue until it's broken. And so theoretically, if the goalies are hot, you can get nine saves in a row and then go on forever and ever and ever. That didn't happen for anybody. It seemed like a lot of uh, the runs would be like one or two, but they saved nine in a row and the streak started, I want to say, on the second to last shot. And then they went six straight before finally giving up a goal. And, you know, I, I think it's it's funny because they, uh, you get to watch these, the rest of the All-Stars. Like, they're they're not trying hard, but some of them are doing some fancy stuff. I will say my boy Kairou was really sneaky, got one in, uh, in a five-hole on, on somebody. Uh, I can't, he, he's kind of like he lost the puck a little bit and then, like, snuck it in. It was kind of a cheap goal. But, uh I tweeted this. I'm going to have to go back and look at my profile because I was wildly impressed by the last goal that was scored of the night um, out of that, out of anybody in the competition. And I was, he like turned his back and then where is it? Where is it? Yeah, it was Keller who um, I don't even remember who he was shooting on, but he comes up, he like, turns his back looking to do that little stick hook trick 
and then like runs it up top shelf on whoever was trying to defend him. It was gorgeous. It was a beaut, as I said in the Twitter. It was a hell of a hell of a goal, and it was a lot of fun. I didn't I didn't catch that one, so I'm gonna it's just like, go off. I was of like, your... you, you, you still weren't you still weren't in at that point. It's not there yet, but I will. I it sounds like a a a good competition. I mean, yeah, getting any sort of streak of saves against snipers of this caliber is is even in an all-star environment where they're not going balls out. I understand that is still pretty impressive. Right. Well, and that brings us to the third competition, which was the Bellagio fountain challenge, the fountain face-off challenge. And so what this was, they built platforms and I, and I think the farthest shot was like 30 feet. So there was a goal. There was a platform where they were shooting from. There was a goal, um, like 30 some feet away, there were two large pavilion slash platforms to the left and right of the goal. And then two really tiny ones that were closer uh, for like little finesse shots. And the, uh, the rounds were uh, to see who could hit all five, uh, all four of the five platforms, the fastest, and you had to get it on the platform and it had to stay. And in the first round, Roman Joss, uh, Josie, Josie uh, from the Predators, he he did it in 11.855 seconds, which was sick. He missed zero times. Four out of four, didn't skip the, you know, skip the water. Poor Jonathan, um, Jonathan H- Huberdeau, uh, and again, you can correct me with when I butcher these names, Tony. Uh, Tony. I, I'm fine with that. He uh, he really struggled. He had to he had to like start everybody off and went damn near 40 seconds. And it wasn't until Josie in his second round, who was perfect in the first round and then was horrible in the final round, and even Warinsky, he went 25 seconds trying to hit these platforms. And it wasn't the long shots that were giving the guy the, the players trouble. It was the it was the short shots, the little like they had to, you had to kind of knuckle puck it to get it into this tiny little disc. And the fact that they could do it at all is ridiculous. Watching, it was like chip shots in golf. I'm watching the video of Wierenski's run, but yeah, you're they're on a platform trying to shoot pucks into little teeny. It's kind of like that. Um, very much like if you've ever been to a, been to a fair or a carnival or a theme park, some of the games there where you're trying to like throw balls into baskets and get them to stick. So you know how hard that is. Right. Yeah. Imagine doing that with a hockey puck. Right. And, and it was one of those things that was crazy. What, um, and then the other cool thing was that, um, they had a member of, uh, the women's hockey team, uh, Jocelyn or no, it was, was it? Yeah. Jocelyn, David Lamoru Davidson. She also participated, finished third in the first round, did it in 16.25 and was the leader for, for a bit. And then Josie, tore it up like it was it was ridiculous uh and i remember she was just like i just don't want to look like an ass doing it like she's like i don't i want to screw up but mad respect like did a hell of a job and um it was it was really cool and and showed that she was every bit of the skills person that any that, uh player that any any of those other guys were what was also cool about the second round versus the first round is that they kicked on the fountain in the second round. And so in the first round, the fountain's not going. It's just a steady stream in the back. And they, and they were able to project the player's name on the water. So you could see their names in the background while they're playing. Second round, 
they got the fountains going crazy. And if you've ever been to Vegas and watched the fountains of the Bellagio, like those things are noisy. And they're, I mean, they're, they can do all kinds of crazy movements and stuff. And, and these guys, these two men are like shooting with that going on to their right. I like tip of the cap. Like that was impressive That's and not, so cool. Not hard enough to do it in the first place, but now you've got uh, that going on, which yeah, the Bellagio fountains are it's, insane. So that was the first half of the program. Lots and lots of fun. And this is why this actually, this event Dave is why I was like, this should stay in Vegas all the time because I get it. They're going to probably find a body of water in Florida to, to do this again. Cause it was cool, but it's not the Bellagio. It's not the, it's not going to have the same environment. It's not going to have the same look like the, the hotel in the background, the hotel casino in the background. It's just, it was such a great visual. Like you can't, you can't redo that. No, no, you can't. And I mean, and yeah, and Vegas is such a great backdrop for any sporting event. And, uh, it, it's got a different look from any other city in pretty much the world. So yeah, it's, it's a, it is a very cool visual uh, backdrop for what you're trying to do. And, and I mean, in Vegas has turned into like it or not a very strong sports town. Absolutely. And this was the point where I texted you was like, okay, dude, you need to really change. You need to get this on. Cause this looked, cause I, I was like, this looks really, really cool. And it was a great end of the first half of the skills challenge. So we're going to take our first, we're going to take our second commercial break. Uh, and when we come back, we'll talk about the the back half of the skills challenge. And we're we're, we're going to finish by talking about the break, breakaway challenge, even though it wasn't the final event. Uh, before we go to our recorded commercial, though, it is my duty to remind you that if you enjoy what we do on the ChairShot Radio Network at thechairshot.com, then you need to head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot and invest in a ChairShot shirt. We have all kinds of awesome designs to choose from, whether it's various chairshot.com logos to names of various programs like bandwagon nerds to sayings and phrases that we like to use in our shows like hashtag journalism tribute to Ray Cash. You can get it in your standard style for only $19.99 or if you're feeling fancy and you want something soft on your giblets, pay a few few dollars more and get it soft style. You won't regret it. Again, that site is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. And we thank you for the support that allows us to keep giving you quality podcasting programming every single day. When we come back, the second half of our coverage of the NHL skills test, you're listening to Hockey Talk on Chairshot Radio, part of the Chairshot Radio Network here on the chairshot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right. Welcome back. We are back from our intermission. And when hockey came back from its intermission at the uh, for the Skills Challenge, they opened up with the hardest shot competition my favorite part of this competition before it even got started was steve levy giving chris jellius hell for being in it for like four years and never winning it yeah he wasn't uh he wasn't exactly the hardest. he was 
doing it in the days of uh, when Al McGinnis was just blasting slap shots at, at ridiculous right. speeds. Well, and here, here was the thing is it was so crazy because the the first shot that every competitor seemed to take was was low, was under 100 miles per hour. And there were only there were only four participants. Uh, though, OK, well, let's let's get to this. So oh, Alex Ovechkin, your boy, couldn't do the All-Star game. Why? He tested, what happened? He tested positive for COVID, so he got he got pulled. Sad face. He got pulled, exactly. and Kuznetsov came in for him. But right. he would well, he would have been a he would have been a contender in this contest with that shot he has. Well, and he was replaced in this competition by Washington Capitals' own Tom Wilson. Who got booed? Why were they booing Tom? It's not his fault that Ovi got COVID, right? I think that's still carryover from 2018 but, when the Caps took no, on took on Vegas and, and Wilson and yeah, Tom Wilson was a uh, a target of Ryan Reeves back then. So there's still there's still a little bit of animosity. <laughs> There definitely was. He took it all in good stride, though. He did take it all in good fun. Like, it was just, it was hilarious. Like, he, the, the crowd, because we all know that for these sorts of things, it gets a decent crowd, but it's not a full house. You know, the cheer, they, they, they cheered big for the, for the Vegas guys. They would, you know, they didn't really boo anybody except for Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson's day came up. When it was his turn, everybody booed him. But, um, out of this competition, uh, Victor Hedman, 103.2 was the, was the winning speed. The slowest speed came from Timo Meyer, and that was 100.1. So everybody got over the century. I don't understand how a goalie would ever want to try to defend a shot like that. You talked about an Al McKinnis slap shot. Like, that's just ridiculous. Him and Pronger both, by the way, for the Blues could – could be hit the shit out of the pot. Yeah, it's it. I mean, when you actually stop and watch these guys and, and realize just how fast that puck is coming, and that what nine out of ten times the goalies make the save, you know that that's and and that really kind of puts it in in context for lay people out there, like just how talented and skilled these guys are, but. Yeah, I think I, the other thing about Tom Wilson is I, I think there is a, a consensus around the league, other than in Washington, of course, that he's a dirty player and a cheap player because of what happened last year. Um, but as this as this competition showed, there's more to him than just goonish, goonism. He can fire the puck pretty will, damn hard, too. I just I always find it funny because um, like he's the type of guy that if he's on your team, you love him when he's not. And everybody, every team's got an enforcer. So give the guy a break. Right. Panarin's cool. doing just fine this year. <laughs> get over it. Exactly. All right. Well, let's get to our, our next to last competition. Cause we already talked about the 21 challenge, 21 and 22 challenge. We already talked about that one. This is actually my favorite of the competitions that they do. The accuracy challenge. Mine too. And And it's because it is phenomenal what these players can do under pressure. And Sebastian Ajo of the Carolina Hurricanes hits all four of his targets in 10.937 seconds. And he did it four out of four 
one of them by the narrowest of margins, but he was so good and he saw it hit. He made sure the officials knew that he got it because he's the one who pointed it out and they confirmed it. And then on the replay, they show it. And we're talking like this tiny ass little triangle taken out on the target by his by his shot. He was the only one who went four four. Uh, second place went to um, Jake Gensel, and he went four out of five. He missed one and had to redo it, and, and still did it in twelve point nine seven seconds. So, those were the two the two highlights. It it just it never ceases to amaze me how like, and again, I also think about goalies. Like these guys are so accurate and that's so fast. Because you, you, for those of you who don't watch it, it's not like they're standing there lining it up on the puck that's just sitting there. No, they have to take a pass and then flick it and hit them. And oddly enough, the one that people seem to have the hardest time was if you were looking at the if you were looking at the goal was the lower right hand target. Like people kept shooting it to the outside, and I don't know if that's because they were right handed shooters and, and it's just a harder shot. I don't know, but it was it's impressive. And again, goalie stop at, on average. 88 to 92 percent of the time the shots that they face yeah it's that's that's astounding it's nuts i mean and yeah i like that was my only in my minor complaint like the fact that some of these shots were hitting and you couldn't even see it hitting and and, but the but the guys were but that's the thing the players are seeing it and most of the time the officials were getting it um but yeah i mean aho hitting four out of four in under 11 seconds is remarkable. I think what Messier was the first one who had done that. Uh, but yeah, to see, right. to see this, and this, and of course highlighted that. Yeah. And I've got a tremendous amount of respect for Sebastian Ajo. I mean, yeah, same division as the cap. So I've seen enough of him to know how talented he is. Uh, Gensel makes me sick because he's so damn good and he plays for Pittsburgh. But uh, yeah, you know, what was funny was uh dry came out and did like 33 seconds and was, he came in last and, and he just really struggled with the whole thing. But like you're saying, it's not like they're just standing there teeing it up, taking their time. They're taking passes from the left, from the right. And just, you know, they're all, wrist, they're all wrist shots, but still remarkable accuracy. Right. Um, which is why it's my favorite competition of, of the skills challenge to watch because it's just that really is to me like that's a skill and not that speed isn't a skill, not that hardest shot isn't a skill or any of that stuff. But to me, that epitomizes that one. And this is why you have to keep that, that, uh, that, that set that face off challenge because both of those are the reason to call it a skills challenge because that's skill that's just unparalleled skill and is amazing as opposed to our final competition which is less about skill and more about theatricality the hometown boy alex petrangelo he's not hometown he was stolen from the blues he wasn't stolen we let him go (sighs) i miss you alex i want you back anyway (laughs) He, he gets the win thanks to John Hamm and his 19 out of 10 ranking in the breakaway challenge to get 64 out of 60 voting points. Jack Hughes finished from the New Jersey Devils, finished second with 59. And the guy I think who should have won, Trevor Zegris, whether he was blindfolded or not, he wasn't really blindfolded. It was a very soft, gauzy blindfolded 
over. But his dodge was I thought it was awesome. The only thing I hated was that they didn't get the mascots out mascots out fast enough to throw the dodgeballs at him um, in a, in a way that was as effective. But anything over your eyes to then shoot on a goal and, and make it behind your back. That's that. I, I'm sorry. Well, that's dude, a 10. let's that's, let's take a 10. it a step take it a step farther. The puck handling he did with the lacrosse yes! style stuff, where it looked like the puck was taped to his stick, and then to still whether he could see or not. Just the puck handling alone to get himself in the position. And I understand the goalies aren't really trying to make these saves, but, you know, it, it was still, yeah, he should have won for sure. I mean, the Jack Hughes thing with the little Jack Hughes was, uh, was fun. It was cute. It was cute. But yeah. Alex Stabrinkin with the, with the hangover yes. homage. That was awesome. You know, I mean, Kaprizov, he, he, he gave a nod to your boy. He did. He showed up as a vegetable. But 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 let's let's get to the elephant in the room with Petrangelo. He whiffed, Pat. He didn't even make the shot. He missed the shot. He did. He went over the top of the goalie. He tried to go top shelf and he missed. It was so bad. But you know, and he had a drum line. The drum line was pretty cool that with all fun. the lights and the fine. Like of course, you know the hometown guy's gonna get the win. Um, but I gotta say, my heart was with Paul Coffey, the judge, because he he is he is the he was the East German judge of the the competition because on that dodgeball one he gave it a nine. I was like, how do you give it a nine? Like I was like, wow, like that's like like that's like me and the current book of Boba Fett reviews. You can re- check out book of Boba Fett reviews on uh, the Nerd Review on thechairshot.com, where you can see that I hate this show. Well, Dave's okay with it. And it was just, it was one of those things. Like I'm sitting there watching. It was like, Paul Coffey, we need to have him on a nerd review. Cause he's, he's, he's tough. He's tough cookie. He, he might not give like, you know, the, the decimal increments that you give, but he'd be in more in your wheelhouse. I think. Oh yeah. Let's get him on. So, but the, but the end result, thanks to John Hamm, as PC Tunney would say is total BS. It's total BS, but it was all yes. in good fun. The best part, speaking of snafus on ESPN's part, they interviewed second and third place. And she's she's telling Jack Hughes that he won, and then it has to be like, no, no, I'm sorry. They gave John Hamm and his 19 points. They gave him the win. And Jack Hughes knew he didn't win. And he said they're trying to tell her. And, uh, I like I like ESPN. Uh- Next year. Who was the guy? I think it was the Blackhawks guy who had Derek Carr throw him the football and he scored with a foot. I mean, that takes some skill right, to control. The, a, yeah, the whole hangover thing, too. Yeah, yeah he scored he football, had a baby, baby. It was awesome. That was the other thing. Kudos to Vegas for incorporating the Raiders as part of a part of the festivities. You know, there was a member of the team that was a judge. I can't remember who it was. It was like a lineman. Uh, Carrot top in the stands calling for the magic trick, which I was trying to get. I didn't get the joke timed out fast enough when you were like, oh, here's your guy um, for, uh, for, oh, no, it was for Petrangelo, not for the magic trick. It was Petrangelo because he half passed right. the first shot. And then Carrot Top's like, we can do better than that. And it was my, uh, I, you were like, oh, here, here comes your guy. And I was trying to be like, Carrot Top. Um, but it, it didn't quite work the way. Uh, I do. Uh, not to carrot top, by the way. Overall, overall, 
I thought it was a it was an enjoyable experience. The skills challenge is always a lot of fun. I'm looking forward. I know we're not going to cover. We're not going to be able to talk about it. I'm looking forward to maybe talking about it a little bit next week when we record Chair Shot Radio. Just the games itself and the results. I'm hoping to to catch that after I watch some Illinois basketball. And yeah, um, before we go, we're going to start the second half of the season, Dave. Who may, I want you to do. With with no, I want no details. I just want hot take, Dave. We're gonna run with it. This is how we're gonna cap the show with you today. Who is gonna make a charge to the playoffs and surprise everybody? Who's gonna fall? I would say most likely Edmonton will make a charge and sneak into the playoffs. You stole my answer. <laughs> you son. That, of not beach. that they're that far out, really, but I yeah. I mean, looking at the contenders yeah i mean the east is done so it's got to be somebody out west right who's gonna fall out of the playoffs um nobody in the east man like i said the east is locked i unless something drastic really happens uh i'd say right now i'd probably say the kings would be the most likely suspect to fall out and 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 have edmonton slip in somehow some way um they are I mean, they're still what two points behind the freaking Knights. That's remarkable. Right. But I, I just I don't know if they've got the horses to maintain that. They would be the team that I would say will stumble. Would be the Kings. Cool. All right. Well, I'm with you. I think Edmonton makes a charge, and you're not going to believe this. I don't think the St. Louis Blues hold on. I think they're going to fall late. So that is my bold prediction. Look at you raising your eyebrows in disbelief. I'm not sold on my own team. Well, that's going to do it. If the Caps weren't 13 points ahead of Detroit, I'd be there with you in a heartbeat. But I don't think even they can blow this. I think the Blues have been too up and down this season. They they seem to they seem to really kind of ebb and flow, and they have not. They just don't. They're not putting together a, a complete and consistent season for my liking, and I think it's going to bite them in the end. All right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Hockey Talk. Before we get out of here and you head to Disneyland, tell us where we can find you out there in the interwebs. Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A G G and Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Remember to send your hate tweets to at It's Ray Cash. So. That's R-E-Y as in Mysterio, cash as in dollars. You can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Enjoy your week. I hope you had fun watching the All-Star Game. We'll catch you next week on Hockey Talk. You have been listening to Hockey Talk on ChairShot Radio, part of the ChairShot Radio Network here on the ChairShot Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly 
an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.